0: Romans chapter 5 verse 8 For God commended his love towards us In that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us So it's not about what we have done Or what we will ever do It's about his love for us I can boldly tell you That it's not about what you have done It's not about what you are doing It's not about what you will ever do God loves you And you need to realize that because he loves you He will not lead you in what you are going through Let's delve uh, into uh, our study tonight. Um, I believe you have your Bibles there. Either you have the hard copy or you have the soft copy um, open to the book of Galatians chapter 1. Now, before we uh, go further, one of the things that I want you to realize is that, um, you know, a lot of people say that there's so much confusion within the body of Christ. And I need us to understand that one of the reasons why Uh, it looks as if there's confusion within the body of Christ is the fact that in a lot of churches um, they do not take time um, to study the word of God to read the word of God in context and because we don't read contextually uh, you find out that a lot of times people diverse preachers, diverse pastors, diverse apostles, evangelists, they tend to give different meanings or different interpretations um, to the Word of God but you see the Word of God is so simple that if you will just take time to read it hallelujah now I'm going to say this and I'm going to make it clear now I do not have anything against daily devotional glory to God I, I I'll say that again because sometimes when I when I speak like this, people feel I'm against it I'm not against it it's wonderful it's beautiful I'm not against daily devotional. But if you are a Christian that is so used to daily devotional, what you will find out is that you may not be able to grasp um, the message of the Bible. You may not be able to grasp the fullness of what God uh, wants to say to us or what God is saying to us through, the, through his holy book. You may not be able to grasp it. You will give different interpretations to uh, whatever it is uh, 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 your pastor is saying and all of that. Glory to God. So, but when you read scriptures contextually, you will understand what the Bible is really saying. You will understand what the Spirit of God is really, really saying or trying to pass across to us as a church. And that's one of the reasons why. Beyond the fact that we're in people in our, in our, in our church, you know to read the Bible, you know meditate on God's word and all of that. beyond that, we just speak one or one or well I mean one or two months during the course of the year, where we go through the Bible in the I mean throughout the whole month, reading the Bible together, glory to God and explaining it glory to God, which is something that is very critical. And I also want you to understand as we begin this journey that you see when the books of the Bible were compiled together, there was no there was no there was no i mean in the original scrolls of the bible there was no there was no chapters there were no verses um a lot of these books were letters that were written to people especially when it comes to the uh, a new testament they were letters that were written now the book of galatians were reading was a letter written by paul to the galatian church now when paul was writing originally he was not writing galatians chapter one then he will write then chapter two then chapter uh, i mean sorry verse one verse two verse three then you will not say chapter two that was not how he wrote the letter it was a complete letter he wrote the letter to the people now somebody out there will be asking then why do we have the Bible in chapters and in verses the reason why we have that is for reference purposes now you can imagine if i'm a pastor and i'm standing in front of the church and i say today i want to read uh, from the book of galatians and i just speak you know maybe from one particular point now for the people listening to me who also have their bibles it is going to be difficult for them to locate exactly where i'm reading so the, the the scriptures have to be broken into chapters and verses so what that simply means is that when you read chapter one of a particular book, it's not like it is different from chapter two, and it's not like uh, the writer wrote chapter one, you know, on a particular day, then he paused, then decided to write chapter two another day, glory to God, because we need to make this clear to us, because as we go through this particular study, we're going to be reading you know, each chapter into one another, the, I mean, and follow the line of thought of the writer, so that we can know exactly what made the spirit of God to inspire him to write what he wrote. The Bible says the men of old wrote; they they wrote down the words of prophecy. They wrote down everything they wrote as they were inspired by the Holy Ghost. Now, when you read uh, the way we want to read tonight, you are going to find out why the the, the I mean, you you you'll be able to catch. The reason why they wrote what they wrote as they were inspired by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, and it's important that we study. Paul, writing to Timothy, he said, Study to show yourself approved, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So, tonight we're going to be dividing the word of truth. Glory to God. And I'm sure you're ready uh, for the journey as we read, depending on how uh, uh, on on the time, glory to God and depending on how soon you know it gets dark, glory to God because I 'm just in the comfort of my compound. Um, we may need to round this up then on Sunday from wherever we stop we're going to pick up glory to God. we'll do a quick reminder then we we'll pick up from there I hope, I hope that's okay, glory to God if there's anybody listening to me out there, uh, please just type something as a pastor. I am with you tonight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, the book of Galatians as written by our dear brother Paul. I'll begin to read from verse 1. Now it says, Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God, the Father, who raised him from the dead. Hallelujah. Now that verse 1 is powerful. Glory to God. Now I'm using the New King James translation. I don't know whichever translation you may be using, but you can use different one so that you can you can catch up with uh, 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 well, what we what we're reading tonight. Now, New King James version. He says, "Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through man, but through Christ Jesus, and the God and God the Father who raised him from the dead." Now it's very important that we know because while we continue in the study of the book of Galatians, you will probably understand at some point, especially when there was a confrontation between Peter and Paul. You know, at some point, you will find out the reason why Paul had to start his letter like this. He was writing to the Galatian church, and the first thing he said, He said, I am Paul, I'm an apostle. Not from men, not true man. In other words, Paul was trying to make the church understand that I'm an apostle and my apostleship was not true man. it was not true the ordination of man. It was true God. In fact, it was true Jesus Christ himself and God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Because you see, the way that Paul came into Christianity, the way Paul got confer- converted, you know, just like some of us. You know, I remember when I gave my life to Christ, there were a lot of people who did not believe that, you know, Banji could, Banji could give his life to Christ, talkless of being a pastor. You know, that was the type of life that Paul had. Paul was a persecutor of the church. In fact, the day he got saved, he was on his way to Damascus to, to behead some Christians, to stone some Christians. To capture some Christians and put them in prison, it was on his way that he had an encounter. He was knocked off of the horse by a bright light, and he knew instantly that it was Jesus. And he said, "Lord, what would you have me do?" So, because of how Paul got converted, because of the kind of life he was living before, I believe that a lot of people in the church were having doubt about his salvation. They were having doubt about maybe this man was really saved. you know just like some of us a lot of people doubted for a long time maybe we were saved. I remember a lot of people that will ignore me praise God, hallelujah because they felt like no we know this guy before. we know who he was. I mean how could he change? what could have happened to him? so Paul also had that kind of kind of story. so but at this point, Paul had to establish to the people that see my apostleship is not from man my apostleship is from Jesus Christ trying to show that he also is an apostle now remember that Jesus chose 12 apostles when he came to earth He chose 12 of them now out of the 12 one of them committed suicide in the person of Judas Iscariot now after Judas committed a suicide and when the apostles looked at the scripture, that's the Old Testament, and they discovered that, see, what the Bible talks about is 12 bishoprics. That means there are going to be 12 apostles. Now, if one of us is dead, and there needs to be a 12th person, so they came together and they casted lots. And that lot fell on Matthias. So they chose Matthias as the 12th apostle. But when you read from that point up to the end, you'll probably not find any interesting story or something significant that was done by Matthias. That was probably the only place that Matthias was mentioned. So for me, I don't know about you, but I think and I believe so strongly that Paul was chosen by the same way Jesus chose the 12, the first 12 apostles, you know, meeting Peter by the seashore and say, you follow me, you know, meeting the tax collector and say, you follow me and all that. The same way Jesus came and picked Paul as the 12th apostle. I mean, I believe that so strongly. So, but that that's not the, 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 the subject for today. So Paul was writing, trying to make the people understand that, see, I also am an apostle and my apostleship is not of man. Is from God the same way Jesus appointed Peter appointed James appointed Philip appointed you know the same way appointed all of those people I also I was appointed so that whatever it is is saying they will take it serious and not just see it as the words of one you know maybe one rebel or, or one guy who is pretending to be born again hallelujah glory to God. So he said, Paul, an apostle, not from man, nor true man, but through Jesus Christ and, the, and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. Now Paul was confirming that Jesus was raised from the dead. Now in verse 2, he said, and all the brethren who are with me to the churches of Galatia, he said, grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. He said to the Galatian church, grace and peace. Grace and peace be unto you. Then in verse 4, he said, Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of God and the Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, can I say this to you? You know, you see, we, we are in COVID 19 season. And some people have the thought, or are thinking, or are saying, that God is the one behind COVID-19. But you see, the scripture that we just read right now negates that particular line of thought. Because Paul was saying, he said, grace and peace be unto you, that's from verse 3, and to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, he said that he might deliver us from this present evil age. So God wants to deliver us from this present present what? evil age, Glory to God. Now, if somebody is trying to deliver you <clears throat> from evil, then you cannot say he's the one that is bringing the evil. You need to get your theology right. You cannot say the one <clears throat> who put sickness on you is the same person that is trying to heal you. I mean, it, it's it's there's going to be a clash of of, of 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 thoughts. There's going to be a clash of ideas. How will the one who put sickness on you be the one also trying to heal you? Paul was establishing here that the coming of Jesus, that the, 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 what the Father wants and what Jesus wants is that we will be delivered from this present age. According to the will of God, our Father. So I can I can tell you from this scripture that the will of God, the will of Jesus, the will of the Father is that you be delivered from this present evil age. So, if he's trying to deliver us, if he's trying to, 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 to ensure that we escape the present evil in the age that we're in, then he cannot be the one behind COVID-19. So, Paul wrote to the Galatian church that, see, God, I mean, Jesus gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this peril according to the will of our god and father to whom be the glory and forevermore amen now look at verse six very interesting paul says i marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you into the grace of christ to a different gospel now this is where it begins to get serious now paul says i marvel that means I'm I mean <clears throat> I'm surprised. I don't know, but if you're out there, if you have another translation, can you help me put it up? You know, can you help me put another translation up of verse 6? Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. You can help me put it up. <clears throat> another translation, maybe message the amplified, <clears throat> excuse me, that is different from the one we're reading. Paul said, I marvel. You know, I marvel means I'm surprised. I'm marvel means I am taken aback and marble means I'm shocked. And Paul was saying that I'm shocked that you are turning away so soon from him who called you into the grace of Christ to a different gospel. Now, did you hear that? I don't know how that sounds to you, but the way, the way, I mean, what Paul was saying is that. Um, the Galatian church is saying is something like uh, like this Uh, I mean Paul looking at the Galatian church and saying and saying to them I'm surprised that the gospel of grace of Christ that you are called into you have turned away from it, and you have turned into another gospel now Paul used the word another gospel and a lot of people all over the world not those people a lot of Christians do not know that there is the gospel and there is another gospel (laughs) that is getting interesting glory to God I I wish I could see I wish I could see all of you live (laughs) glory to God he said is that I marvel that you are turning away from the gospel of grace, from the grace of Christ. That means we have been called as a new creation in Christ Jesus, as New Testament believers, as born again Christians, we have been called into the grace of Christ. That's what we have been called into. We have been called into grace. Now Paul said, "A mammal, that you have turned away and you have turned to a different gospel, a different gospel." Now, what does a different gospel mean? A different gospel is a gospel that does not talk about the grace or does not believe in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we're going to, as we, <laughs> as we, I don't want to rush. Glory to God because we're, we're going to study the Old Book of Galatians from chapter one to chapter six. I don't want to rush because paul is still going to explain further what the gospel of grace is all about but from the very beginning he now began to address the issues because obviously from his writing what it means is that there was something wrong in that particular church just like we have a lot of things that are wrong in the church of today glory to god the gospel of grace is what i've been called into and what is grace? Grace means you are being called into into fellowship with Jesus, and that whatever it is that you are going to benefit from God is not going to come as a result of your effort, but as a result of the effort of Jesus. Glory to God! Like I said, we're still going to—I mean, Paul is still going to explain further as we as we go on uh, reading this text. But you see, immediately a church turns away from the gospel of grace. And begins to focus on self you now begin to look at yourself what can I do how how do I do it glory to God Now listen to me we will fast we will pray we will study the Bible but we must never get to a point in a Christian walk where we feel that it was those things that qualified us to be saved or it was those things that we did that made those things that we're getting from God to come to us. Glory to God. Uh, uh, thank you, Abraim uh, maker, uh, God bless you. Look at verse This is NIV. He said, I am astonished that you are so quickly besetting the world who called you to live in the grace of Christ and turn into a different gospel. There are a lot of churches today that what they preach, what they teach is a different gospel. They've moved away. They've moved away from grace. They've moved into works. They have moved into the gospel of performance. Hallelujah. We like I said, we will pray, we will fast. But you see, the moment those things begin to become glory to God, the moment those things begin to become what you rely on as a as the anchor for your salvation or as 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 a means to obtain from God, you have moved into another gospel. And there are a lot of churches who have moved into another gospel. You know, one of the things I told myself when I I got born again and I began to study, uh, you know, these scriptures and I began to understand the gospel of grace. I told myself at no point in time in my walk with God will I move into another gospel. And it's, it's a very thin line, very thin line. Very, very thin line between this gospel of grace and the gospel, and the gospel, and this is another gospel we're talking about, but let, let's go on tonight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <clears throat> I'll read verse 6 again, then into 7. He said, I know that you're turning away so soon from evil calling to the gospel of grace to a different gospel. He said, which is not another. Did you see that? He said, which is not another. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, did you see that? Now, remember I said that there's a fine line, a very thin line between the gospel of grace and this another gospel. Before, By the time you move into another gospel, a lot of people don't know. I'm telling you, a lot of people don't know. Before you know it, you begin to think, Ah, I need to fast. Now, don't forget, I say we fast. Don't forget, I say we pray. Don't forget I say we study the Bible. But you see, there's a fine line because some people just get to a point in their work, and their work with God is all about fasting, it's all about praying, it's all about do you understand what I'm saying? and they burn all their energy into that and before you know it they move into this another gospel without even them knowing paul said it is not really another gospel as it were you know per se he said but there are some people who trouble you and they want to pervert i mean they want to turn they want to thwart the gospel of grace and if i should tell you see there's nothing more about this bible that we're carrying going to god Than the gospel of grace. The Bible is all about grace. Grace is the message of the Bible that you and I are not qualified enough. But Jesus came, died, and qualified you and I so in other words I'm going to make heaven not because of my effort not because I'm I'm holy not because I'm righteous not because I'm praying not because I can pray seven hours not because I can pray 24 hours not because I can study not because I can explain scriptures glory to God but simply because God sent his son into the world and I believe he came I believe he died I believe he was crucified he was buried and He resurrected you know on the third just because I believe that that I am saved now. That is the gospel of grace. But you walk into some circles, into some circles where they begin to intimidate you with activities. They intimidate you with activity, they make you feel less spiritual because you are not doing some things. Glory <laughs> to God. They make you feel you're less spiritual. They make you feel like maybe you don't. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, I am saved not because of what i've done not because of what i'm doing not because of what i can ever do but because of what jesus did for me are you following this another gospel is talking about what you can do for yourself to be saved to get things from god glory to god but i am saved because of what jesus did for me oh there's a church that says jesus only is our message and sometimes when i hear their message i discover from their message that jesus is not only their message another gospel is their message because they push and push drive their church members to do stuff and subconsciously, it has entered into their mind that if I don't do these things, something may go wrong, and maybe I will not be saved. Maybe if Jesus comes, maybe I will not go with him. You understand? Subconsciously, because of those things, they've moved them into that point. But Paul is saying to the Galatian church, because exactly what happened to the Galatian church is happening to a lot of churches all over the world today. So Paul said, hey, I'm amazed that you have moved into another gospel. Now, let's go on. Now, look at verse 8. Paul says, But even if we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you, than that which we have preached to you is a let in be accursed. Oh, my God. You see, the first day I, I saw this as a preacher, you see, if you are not a preacher, if you are not a pastor, huh? I mean, maybe you will be free from this. that's why the office the office of a pastor is not there's so much responsibility that is upon you you must study rightly you must understand scriptures so that you don't lead your congregation into another gospel are you following this oh thank you pastor for saying that word i mean this is word well i mean we're reading it together i believe you have your bibles right in front of you he said anybody that teaches you or that preach any other gospel to you, apart from that which we have preached to you, he said, let that preacher be a cause. Let that pastor be a cause. Let that, oh my God, I, I, I became scared. I became afraid as a preacher. That man, so if I preach any other gospel to the people, my God, there's going to be problem, there's going to be issue, I'm going to be cursed. So I told myself, you know people, <laughs> hallelujah, you know there's something about me that's for people who know me very well. I, I don't walk I don't I don't I don't work in condemnation. I don't walk I don't walk in judgment. What I mean by that is I don't condemn people. I don't judge people. I don't look down on people. You know, and it's because of some of these things that I've come to understand that you see it is not about performance. It is not about what you can do but what he has done. You see the moment is about what you can do. What you're doing is you are glorifying yourself. You are telling God, I can save myself. Just leave me. Let me let me work this out. Let me let me I can I can fix this by myself. And when you get to that point in your walk with God, you have moved into another gospel. Now he says, anyone that takes you into another gospel, as a pastor, as a preacher, as a bishop, I don't know what your title may be. He said, let that person be accursed. And I told myself, man, I guess, I guess be careful. I really, really, really need to be careful. I need to be conscious of what I teach the people. I need to be conscious when I stand on the pulpit, not to preach a gospel of performance. A lot of people preach gospel of performance. That's what they preach, and they drive their people into another gospel. Unconsciously, Paul said, Let that person be accorded. Look at what he says in verse 9. He said, As we have said before, now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than that which you have received, he said, Let him be accorded. Now, this is where you will know that is a serious issue, is a serious matter. Because what he repeated, because that was being released in verse 8, it was being released again in verse 9. That anyone who preaches this another gospel is a let him be accused. hey i don't know how many pastors are there listening to what i'm sharing tonight you need to sit down and I, I mean analyze your message does it drive people more to christ to rely on christ and what he has done or it drives them to rely more on their own effort to become what god already Has made them. Oh my God! Did I say that right? I'm just so excited tonight. Hallelujah! Does your message drive them to Christ to rely on Him? To say, Oh God, I can't do this on my own. Or does it drive them to a point where they feel confident and they feel like, Yeah, we're there. We're there. We're there. We have arrived. We have arrived. Does Does your message drive them to that point? Does your message drive them to be confident <coughs> excuse me in themselves and their activities or does it drive them to to me to depend <coughs> on what jesus has done for them if jesus is our message then jesus only should be our message let's go further look at verse 10. he said for do i now persuade men of God, or do I seek to please men? For if I see please men, I will not be a born servant of Christ. Look at verse 11 let Let's move a little bit faster. He said, But I've made known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached to me is not according to man, neither, for I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it. But it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Oh my god, I love this. Now don't forget that in verse one I told us when Paul was introducing himself he said Paul an apostle not of men not true not true man but true Jesus and God the Father he introduced himself as an apostle not at, not ordained by man but ordained by God and Jesus himself. Now here he was saying again he said but I make known to you. He said, "Brethren, that the gospel which is preached by me is not according to man. You see, when you hear the gospel of grace, I mean the real gospel of grace or Christ, you will know that this gospel is not of man. It is not of man. It is not man. It's not, it does, a lot of times it doesn't even make sense to the human mind. Oh, I'm telling you. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. But paul is saying to you that see this gospel of grace that i'm talking about this gospel not another gospel but this gospel that i'm talking about he said i did not receive it from man nor was i taught it i was not taught it i wasn't i wasn't put somewhere and somebody said you know let me let me take you to the gospel of grace he said i received it because jesus was the one that called him by himself on the way to damascus He called him by himself, the same way called Peter, called Philip, called Judas. The same way Jesus had to return to call Paul, and Paul said, "What I'm sharing, I'm sharing it not because I was taught by man, but I received it, I received it through the revelation of Jesus Christ." Hallelujah. Let's move a little further. I'm hoping, I'm believing God that we'll be able to finish chapter one tonight. Hallelujah. Now look at verse 13. He said for you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy. It. You know I love Paul. <laughs> he was he was now trying to you know make the people know where he's coming from. Let me just sip a little water. Hallelujah. So he, he began to he began to relate to the people how, I mean, where he's coming from? He said, you know, you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism. You see, all through the Old Testament, what was practiced was Judaism. It was the coming of the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2 that brought, that gave birth to the first set of Christians. What we call Christianity today. That was It was battered in Acts chapter 2. You need to understand that. All through the time that Jesus was alive, it was Judaism that was being practiced. And that was why some people could pick a woman that was caught in the issue of adultery and bring it to Jesus and say, What do you say? We need to stone her. Because what was being practiced up till Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Ghost fell upon the people was Judaism. Now Paul said you heard <clears throat> you heard. These things are not they are not eating stories. You know me. You <laughs> you know. An average wafi or worry guy will say, "You sabi me, you know what things they apple, you know where they come from, you know." You know my common fault, conduct. I was persecuting the church, and I tried to destroy. Look at verse fourteen. He said, "And I advanced in my Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers." Hallelujah! Can, can somebody, brother uh, can you help me put up, put up verse fourteen? But let me put up verse 14. He said, I advanced in Judaism. That means Paul was trying to say that, see, when it comes to Judaism, I have so much zeal. And it's the same way, even in the church today. There are a lot of Christians who have so much zeal, but their zeal is without knowledge. Go and read Romans chapter 10. He talks about the children of Israel. He said they know God. They love God. They have so much zeal, but their zeal is without knowledge. And see, let me tell you, in my Christian work, being a pastor, I've been to so many churches, I've, been, I've, had, I've had so many church members who have come, you understand? And I see the zeal that a lot of people carry. But a lot of times, I just see that the zeal that they have is without knowledge. And when you run with zeal without knowledge, at the end of the day, is emptiness. Is emptiness. Is emptiness. No matter the crowd you have gathered, glory to God. You know, these are times that people are looking for miracles. They are looking for miracles. That's what people are looking for. So if you can pray, if you can perform miracles, if you can, you know, just do some abacadabra, your church will be full. So I'm not talking about a field church now. Glory to God. I'm talking about, (coughs) you see, the real essence of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul said, In Judaism, I've advanced. I, oh my God, I moved. I was ambitious for the traditions of my father. Now, verse 15, he said, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me, verse 16, that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Now, did you see what Paul was saying? Paul said, when it pleased God who has separated Me from my mother's womb and called me through His grace. Listen to me. You and I have been called by grace. See, in your Christian walk, never ever, you know, you know, I'm doing like this. (laughs) You know, our parents while we're growing, if they want something to seek it, they will do like this. See, in your Christian walk, never ever ever forget that you are saved by grace. It was not by your works. What I mean by that is, is it, was, it was not like you were good, then because you were good, God said, oh my God, look at this good guy. I got to get him saved. Then he now saved you because you were good. A lot of us live terrible lives. Listen to me. Even if you lived a good life before you were saved, listen to me. Oh my God. You, oh my, I don't, I don't want to go into some depths tonight. Because without grace, you cannot be saved. Without grace, you cannot be saved. We are saved by grace and not of works. That's what saved us. So he said, "When it pleased God, who had separated me from my mother's womb, and uh, and called me through His grace," Paul was saying. See, you know, I love Paul. You know, I think in the whole of chapter one, what Paul was just trying to establish to the Galatian church is: see, what I'm writing to you, you need to take it serious. Because it's possible that some people will come, you know, among them and say, ah, "Who is that guy? It'll not be that guy, Paul." I beg, leave that thing. We know that guy. Leave, leave, leave that thing. Not be Paul. Paul, we won't go kill. We'll we carry, carry letter. will go kill people. Damascus the Now they tell us. Now they write all these things. I beg. So you find Paul trying to establish his apostleship, and you know, sometimes you know, for us, you know, people, you know, maybe because you know, we don't have. You know a big church of maybe 5,000 or 10,000 or 20,000 or 50,000. Yet, you understand what I'm saying? You know, people may look at well, what was he saying, what does he know <laughs> to people like us? What does he know? Kilo more, kilo more. What was he saying? You know, and sometimes it's also as a result of, of, of familiarity. Some people get so familiar with you and they feel, Pastor BJ, you know, what does he know? What is he saying because of familiarity? But listen, this is scriptures. Paul said when he pleased God <coughs> who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his son I mean through his day, to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood Paul said when I got saved I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood he said I did not even go up to Jerusalem to meet the apostles so that so what I'm saying is not like I was taught it by the apostles Glory to God Thank you, bro. This came a little bit late. He said, I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. I was extremely zealous for the traditions of my father. So Paul stood out. You will find out even in the book of Philippians, Paul was saying, I'm a Pharisee or Pharisee. I'm a as in I'm a diehard law man. I'm a diehard law man. And can I shock you, friends? You see, when you live under the weight of the law, you will never find joy. You see, that joy, that joy of the Holy Ghost, that joy, that thing they call joy of the Holy Ghost, you will never find it. You will never be happy. When you live under the weight of the Lord, your face is always squeezed. You are not happy. That's how you go about But for those of us who understand grace, <laughs> glory to God, we are always lively. We are alive every time. We are alive. We understand the grace of God. We know we are saved by grace. Hallelujah. I'm saved. If it comes right now, I'm going. I will disappear from off of your camera. And you'll be one Pastor BJ. I'm gone because I know what saved me. I know. And because I know, there is joy in my spirit. There's joy in my spirit. And so when you when you begin to act like that, when you have joy in your spirit, you understand you have joy in your spirit. You express yourself, you're full of life. A lot of people feel they come and say, ah. Mm yeah I understand because you know maybe because you're not squeezing your face around you know or you're not going about and saying just say the Lord Just say the Lord is it just say the Lord is, <laughs> is a type of English called King James if God will speak today God will not say don't say the Lord because sometimes some people will feel, feel that when you give a word of prophecy and they say just say the Lord that is not spiritual enough uh-huh. It's King James English hallelujah and God is not King James Hallelujah. God is not King James. You need to know that. Let's get back to our topic. So when you understand grace, you're full of life. You're full of life. You're excited. You're happy. You're full of joy. Joy in the Holy Ghost. He said the kingdom of God is joy, righteousness, peace, joy, righteousness. You know, I mean, joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy in the Holy Ghost. A lot of people don't experience that joy in the Holy Ghost. You go to some churches. These are they'll be looking at you. They've used law to finish them. They've told them if you don't pray 24 hours, body, you are not close to God. They've told them if you don't read the Bible 24 hours, you are not close to God. They've they've packed a lot of weight on them. If you don't fasting time in a week, you are not close to God. You are far from God. See, all those things comes from the law. That is the another gospel I'm talking about. I live and I pray it in the grace of God. Hallelujah. I pray to the grace of God. My life is full of joy. My marriage is full of joy. My ministry is full of joy. The people around me are full of joy. I express myself in joy. You won't catch me being sad. Glory to God. (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm full of joy. When you come to Love's Domain Family Assembly, you experience joy. The people have joy. They are alive. They are alive. They are alive. After the assembly, you see the way we relate. We are alive. We're full of joy. We are joyous people. A people that understand the grace of God. What Jesus did for us on the cross of Calvary. Oh, hey, let's go back to our text. Ah, Like I said, I wish we would finish chapter 1 today. <laughs> so that on Sunday, we we'll just move to chapter 2. Glory to God now look at verse 18 he said then after three years i went up to jerusalem to see peter now look at paul explaining he said after three years after i was saved and i went up to jerusalem to see peter he said and i remained with him for 15 days now look at verse 19 he said but i saw none of the other apostles except james the lord's brother that's jesus's brother You know jesus had a brother whose name is james praise god so jesus was not the only child of joseph and mary praise god even though we know joseph is not his father i believe you understand what i'm saying so joseph and mary had other children and one of them was this james so paul said when i went up to see peter i did not see any of the other apostles i saw peter and i saw james jesus brother Now in verse 20, he now says, now concerning the things which I write to you, indeed before God, I lie not. He said, afterward I went into the regions of Syria and Sicilia. And I was was unknown by faith to the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. He he was trying to explain his, his journey. I mean his movements glory to God. You know all of this like I said was Paul still trying to establish the proof he was the proof was it, of his apostleship. That see what I'm going to be sharing with you don't take it lightly. Take it seriously. Don't take it lightly. Take it seriously because I also am an apostle. And I'm an apostle ordained by God, ordained by Jesus Christ, not of man. And the revelation I share, I didn't learn it. And caught the revelation from Jesus Christ Himself, so He was trying to explain His story. He said, But in verse 23, He said, But they were hearing only who He he, who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith which He tried to destroy, and they glorify God.' Now, in all of these places, all that they knew was that this guy was once a persecutor of the church, but now that which He was persecuting. Is now a supporter. So, because when they hear such news, he said they glorify God. They, I mean, they glorify God because oh, this is a changed man. We know what he used to do, but right now he has changed. He has moved glory to God. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. I'll read, I'll read just verse one and two of chapter two to you. You know, don't forget when I started this class that you see the Bible, the original scroll of the Bible, were not divided into chapter and verses. It was not. It was a letter. Written. So when Paul was writing this letter to the Galatian church, he was not saying chapter 1, verse 1, verse 2, verse 3, verse 4, then he finished and say chapter 2. He, was a, he wrote a letter from the beginning to the end. And that's why it's important that when you read the Bible, you read in context. You read in context. Because if you don't read in context, you will miss out your point. It's like watching a movie. And you came in at the 35th minute of that movie, something happened in the fifth minute that you missed. And by the time they want to end that movie, they will refer back to what happened at the fifth minute. And because you came in at the 35th minute, you will be wondering, Kino ah, then the, the person that was there from the beginning of the movie, you will probably now have to ask you, ah, don't explain it from Kino Shele. Why? Because you were not following in context. So the original Bible, the original scrolls of the Bible, each book were not divided into chapters and verses. They were written letters from beginning to the end. So if you'll understand, you have to read it through. Mm. Glory to God. Paul did not write chapter one and relax and say, I'll write chapter two tomorrow. Mm-mm. That was not the way he wrote it. It was a letter he wrote. So when you read chapter one of any book, you read it into chapter 2. You lead, it's a letter. There's no division. I told us the reason why you have these chapters and verses is for reference purposes. Just like I'm using it now. I will tell you, Oh, I'm now in chapter 24. Then you also can pick up your Bible and go to chapter 24 because they divided it into those portions. If they were not divided and I just carry uh, the book of Galatians and I say, and they glorify God in me. It will be difficult for you that I'm reading it to. Who have the Bible also. To be able to go to exactly where I'm reading. So the Bible was divided for reference purposes. Never forget that. Never forget that. So let me read verse 1 into chapter 2. I'll read verse 1 and 2. Then we call we call it a day tonight. Are you excited? Oh, I'm I'm, I'm getting excited. I'm I'm so I'm so full of the Holy Ghost here. Look at verse the, the, chapter 2, verse 1. Now let me read it the way. Paul wrote it. Praise God. So I'll go back to verse 24 of Galatians chapter 1. Then I'll read it into chapter 2 verse 1. Because there was no division when he was writing it. I hope you get that. So, and they glorified God in me. He said, then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and also took Titus with me. still talking about his journey. He said, and I went up by revelation and communicated to them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles but privately to those who were of reputation all had run in vain. Now what Paul was saying here as we close, you know, at this study tonight is that I had to go and meet the people of reputation and explain to them the gospel that is being committed into my hands. The gospel of grace, the gospel of Christ, the gospel, the good news. I had to go explain it to them. I had to go share with them so that they also will understand. Because don't forget that the others, you know, Peter, James, John, and all of that, you know, praise God, there was a mindset that they have. And let me quickly say this before I cut this up tonight. You know, there was a time in the book of Acts, and maybe I'll show us that on Sunday, where God was trying to get Peter to do exactly what he called Paul to do. But Peter could not, he could not grasp it. As in his mind was too small. The same way a lot of preachers, a lot of pastors, I'm speaking to pastors now. Their mind is too small to comprehend the gospel of grace. Their mind is so small. God was trying to get Peter to do exactly what he called Paul to do. You know what happened? Peter was praying and all of a sudden he saw an open vision. And he saw all kinds of unclean animals. Pigs, you know. Everyone right there. Praise God. You know, <laughs> maybe there was bats there too that day. Hallelujah. And God said, rise up and eat. And Peter said, uh-uh, I'm not going to eat. For you have called all of these animals unclean. And God said, never you call what I've called clean. Never you call them unclean. And God said to him again, pick up the knife, kill and eat. And you know what happened? Peter struggling that vision the vision was wrapped up and while he was still thinking what does this mean messengers came from the house of Cornelius who was a Gentile and at that time the Jews believed that Gentiles were sinners and they said Cornelius is asking for Peter to come to his house And immediately, the Bible recorded that Peter understood the vision immediately. That what God was asking him to kill and eat was actually a relationship with the Gentiles. So because of that, he went to the house of Colineus. And the Bible says when he got to the house of Colinus, he was still trying to go through the protocol. And while he was going through the protocol of, you know, leading them to Christ and all of that, the Bible says the Holy Ghost bypassed his message, fell upon the people, and they began to speak in other tongues there's so much about the gospel of grace I believe you have learned a lot tonight join me on Sunday we're going to be live on Facebook we'll continue from there the book of Galatians I love the book of Galatians you don't want to miss any of this study join me same page Facebook on Sunday create a watch party let people your friends let them watch this this is the gospel. This is the gospel. The reason why you and I are called as a pastor, this is the reason. If you don't know, it's not to put a burden on the people. It's not to put a weight on the people. It's not to make them feel less spiritual or less do you understand and you feel like you are, you are the chairman, you are the king. Kong. You are not a king. Kong. We are all called into the gospel of grace. All of us. All of us. All of us. All of us. So join me on Sunday. As we take this teaching to a whole new level. We're going to be reading it. The same way we read the whole of chapter one. We're going to read chapter two on Sunday. And if God allowed us, we can go into chapter three. But we will finish this. And I'm sure, I'm sure your Christian walk with God will be revolutionized. You will be set free. You will begin to experience that joy in the Holy Ghost that the Bible talks about. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. We give you glory. We give you honor. Thank you because you alone are God. You never change. Your word never changes. Thank you for giving us your word to be able to behold it. And the Bible says as we behold as in a glass the glory of the Lord, we are changed into the same image. Thank you because we're being transformed right now by the power of your word. Thank you because sicknesses are falling off. Thank you because that joy in the Holy Ghost has been activated in our spirit. And sicknesses are falling off of our bodies in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. That message was from the stables of Love's Domain Family Assembly. Senior pastors are Pastor Banji and KG Oladipo. To reach this ministry, send a mail to lovestemainfamily at gmail.com. Remain blessed.